And welcome to Convos and Cocktails, where we talk, you engage, and we all get to drink. I'm your host, Lisa Khotlabi, and I'm ready to wine a little and laugh a lot uh, with our guest. And today's episode, we have Penny Osiris, uh, aka my mother, in studio. And we'll be discussing the dynamics of mother-daughter relationships. You guys did send questions in, so it's actually maybe more of like a mom and daughter Q&A or like specific to us But yes, hi Ma Hi Sikha Hi I'm Good and you? I'm good What's your cocktail of the day and why this? Okay My cocktail is Caroya mm-hmm. And um, I'm not really a big cocktail person <laughs> yeah. But I am a champagne person So this cocktail has champagne And it's got raspberry liqueur And don't know what else Oh, that's good enough for yeah. me So it's very fancy very And of pretty. course it's pink my favorite color, so everything I like. This is true. Cheers. Welcome Cheers. to the episode. You can see I finally, I do work. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you some questions both of us can answer because I think the people of Instagram did ask for both of us. But the first question is for you. So it says, oh, uh, this question is a bit specific. It says, what was she craving when she was expecting you? But I just want to speak about the journey of pregnancy for you just in general. You obviously I'm your first child. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? Were you expecting <laughs> me? Was it an accident? It was an oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> just it was my f- I I just graduated from medical school mm-hmm. and was working as an intern at Barra. And uh, for those who know what it's like to be an intern, the long hours you work mm-hmm. and the just intensity of the work. It's not something I would have planned. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so it was. It it really was. Um, it was hard. I mean, of course, of course. I we I was in a good, steady relationship. Um, five years in, so it's not like it was like a panic. It was just a little earlier than I would have wanted it, but it's no big deal. Yeah. I mean, it did make my internship quite hard because uh, the long hours and working at Barra in uh, casualty. Yeah. But I'm um, an intern. that's actually that's new information for me. You have to be an intern to be a doctor. I didn't know you were an intern at the time I was born. Uh, oh. Not that you were ever an intern, obviously. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you were an intern. <laughs> anyway, the other question is what is your age difference? Uh, my mom had me when she was 24, so y'all can do the maths. Okay, we want to know what Lesoho was like as a baby. Oh, the sweetest, actually. I always tell people that. The easiest baby. I think she understood that. Um, her mother was stressed being an intern and uh, I could leave you with anyone. <laughs> you were, and I could take you to parties actually. My friends remember that. You we see. Would take you to a party and you would just sit there and be content. You were really, really an easy baby. You slept. You, I took you to crash quite early because, um, you know, babysitting and um, those kind of things were quite difficult then. Mm. But really, really an easy baby. Um, yeah. And it's now it. you can also understand why I like parties because it's what I was first exposed to as a child. So. Okay, that's your story. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sticking to it. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna. I've tried to group these questions in terms of categories, but like, whatever. If we go this way and then that way, we go this way and that way. Also, just don't just ask questions. What about just what you want to know? No, for sure. I mean, I've got some stuff I want to okay. know, but also some of the things I already know. Some of these questions. I'm using them because I want to know the answer. I think, like, I ask you what I want to ask you all the time anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought uh, there are some lots of questions that were asked that I didn't decide to use because they were irrelevant. Anyway, um, this one I wanted to know. What was mom up to at Lesoha's current age? Are there any similarities between 33-year-old Lesoha? No. <laughs> you couldn't have been quicker to answer. No similarities Penny. at all. They could be. Okay, let me let me see if they are. But um, <laughs> the differences are so stuck okay. and so obvious. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I had two babies. I had two kids uh, when I was thirty three. Mm-hmm. I just left a uh, clinical practice. I just joined a corporate Transnet. I I was overwhelmed. Okay, I was overwhelmed, and um, just also the other stuck difference is just how I think. You are confident and you know yourself and you are clear about who you are and you um, just feels like you are much more confident and uh, in your place in the world. That wasn't my my story. Um, It took much longer than that. I mean, it was closer to 
age 40 that I, f- I thought I was beginning to figure things out. So, um, yeah, those are the stuck differences is that uh, I look at you and Fancy and um, just in terms of how yeah, confident fancy. you are and how you engage with the world and how you have a voice, you are clear about demanding your needs and articulating your needs and being, yeah, it's just so different from where I was at 33. So what do you think? Because you said um, that you just came into that kind of space when you were close, closer to 40. So was there a significant event or situation that made that happen or was it just getting older? It was just getting older. And of course, I, I got divorced just before my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. So that uh, took me down a path of trying to understand myself. Because I do, I really do believe that up to then, I mean, great things had happened to me. I had a, I had great jobs. I had beautiful children. I'd also gotten married, you know. And uh, from the outside, it it really did look like I had I had it figured out. Yeah. I think just as I was approaching my 40th birthday, I just got a deep sense of, um, I suppose, of identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Maybe I lost myself a lot in being a mom and being a a wife and just didn't quite get to grips with what I really wanted. But my 40th birthday approaching really made me panic and kind of like, is this all there is to my life? Mm -hmm. I just felt like there was a lot um, that I still needed to do in terms of just finding out who I was and what I believed my value was and just my identity and who I was, what I was passionate about, what I valued. You know, I do believe that it got much better um, after my mid-40s. And mm-hmm. in fact, I think my 50s have been the, my best in terms of coming into my own, understanding myself. I love that for you. Yeah, and just being in the way in which I... I really have a lot of uh, confidence mm-hmm. in myself and my value and uh, who I am, what I stand for, what I'm passionate about and what I want the rest of my life to be about. Okay, so before we get into the divorce, because there were some questions about that, with confidence, because now you raised me and Fence and you just described us as super confident and sure of our place in the world and maybe that wasn't something that you got into until much later, so... Obviously, I don't think it was by mistake. I think motherhood and, I mean, mothering and the way you mothered had a lot to do with how we are today. So how do you think, because there are some people who also ask for advice on raising <laughs> independent women. Um, was there a formula? No. Or like, how do you get two women who are so self-assured, so strong, not to say they aren't weaknesses or, or, fo- or whatever, but just confident women, if that was something that maybe you feel like you struggled with? I suppose I, I would have to think about that because in the beginning, I actually don't think it's anything I did. But I do know that uh, at a certain point, I made a decision that um, I became a little bit more conscious and more intentional about what I wanted you guys to learn from me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I want you to learn from me, and maybe it's um, one of the things I try to example, it's um, courage. Yes. So, uh, and you know, one of the things I say all the time is we can do hard things. Mm. So for me, it's in the way I've lived my life, maybe even in from my 40s and onwards, maybe when I, because I did do therapy for a long time and then have been very intentional about my own self-development, about my own um, emotional growth and uh, spirituality. So um, then I do think that that translated in the way I parent. I became a little bit more conscious and more intentional about the lessons I'd want you to learn from me. And one of them is courage. The other one is having a voice. The other one is, uh, I suppose, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is around courage because, I mean, I really do buy into Maya Angelou's quote that says courage is the most important of all virtues because without courage, it's impossible to practice all the other virtues consistently. Yeah. So for me, um, courage uh, and also Damn. to... <laughs> We're 11 minutes in and that's already what you're saying. <laughs> but also the other, the other stuff, the other side of it is I've been thinking about it and one thing I like about both of you but maybe you in particular, because your career path is so uh, undefined, you are kind of pioneering something that uh, 
there's no there's no holy grail there's no uh what is it there's they call it a beaten path mm. where you can just um follow is that um it's it's i i try to so in my mind i don't want girls that are logical and practical and and you know reasonable because the world is very hard on girls mm. and so you have to be in my opinion uh, I would want even the women that I'm attracted to and in terms of just who inspire me mm-hmm. are the women who are seen to be unreasonable who are illogical who are impractical who are doing things that you wouldn't expect women especially women of a certain age to do you know so when yeah. I look at you guys and see just how bold you are and audacious you are I really do believe that the universe does reward audacity so i like it i like that you 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 um are so audacious in the way you pursue your goals you are bold you put yourself out there uh, at at this age um i think i'm only doing it now and sometimes i need a little kick from you uh, to say mom you know so it's something it's a, it's a, it's a, always a work in progress for for us i mean for me if you're saying that the stuff only happened kind of towards your 40th i was like 16 at the time so mm. i don't feel like that can develop that late it does actually um this around 15 and 16 is a very defining age especially for girls so I do think that, I mean, I, I mean, I, of course, some of it may could have happened unconsciously. Mm-hmm. I do uh, think that I've I've tried to live my life in a courageous way. Firstly, because in my thirties, when I turned thirty-two, I left private practice and went into the corporate world, and I knew nothing about it. But also, if you look at my career and my career choices. I've always gone into spaces that I have no business to be in. Yeah. You know, for instance, now I'm in private equity. As a doctor, people will say, like, what do you know about that space? But also... But also as a black woman going into corporate... Black woman going into corporate, yeah, in my corporate roles, being usually the only black woman around a board table or Mm -hmm. an exco table. Just, you know, um, yeah. So I, I suppose unintentionally in the beginning have lived my life in a very bold and uh, or, um, I suppose courageous way um, even though inside of course I'll, I would be dying uh, but uh, I've tried to do that yeah. but it became much more intentional in my late 40s and now in my 50s okay so uh, let's move into something a bit tougher I think maybe I don't know because we've never spoken about it publicly but um, obviously you said when you were 40 you then made the choice to get divorced I don't know what was the decision behind that <laughs> I mean say as much as you want to say or, or yeah. don't at all but just yeah. I, 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 I don't know how much I want to say about that yeah. because um, of course a divorce um, in, involves two people mm-hmm. so um, yeah I don't know how much I will just say that my um, when I was approaching my 40th but first and foremost I do know that now that I understand what it takes to be a wife and mm-hmm. to show up as your as a f- and as an adult in a relationship in terms of understanding how to communicate your needs how to just be fully present in a in a in a marriage mm-hmm. i i mean i suppose in the beginning i th- um it wasn't clear for me what my role was but now i understand it i understand that um as far as uh, wives are concerned, I may not have been the best. Not because of any other reason other than the fact that I knew very little about myself. Yeah, I did not know how to show up in the world in the most adult way. Mm. And being clear about my needs and being clear about... Um, also just, I'm much more gracious now. I know that I'm much more... I'm kinder, I'm more mm-hmm. generous, I'm more... Uh, caring and more nurturing I suppose the fact that we got married young and then pursued very intense careers then yeah. had children I do think that we each got lost in that mm. in in even prioritizing ourselves uh, even as a couple so I I just think it's a story I hear over and over again amongst amongst young people uh, just not understanding how you communicate how you listen with them without being defensive mm. listen with courage and listen uh, compassionately to your partner and just being able to um, sometimes put yourself in their shoes you know what it takes to maintain a long-term relationship is just a, 
a deep interest in the other person. Yeah. Being able to listen without being defensive, being able to communicate. And I, I don't think anybody teaches us that. Mm. I mean, we all come into marriages with uh, baggages and traumas and childhood things that we've learned that may not be the best for long-term relationships, mm. ability to forgive, ability to also see when you are being triggered by your own stuff and not dumping it on the other one and, yeah. and, 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 and accusing the other of doing things, not even coming into marriages with these expectations that are so difficult to fulfill, expecting this other person to make you happy. In the meantime, you are the, exactly, it's an inside job. Yeah. So for me, I just think all of that just collided in making uh, our marriage not, uh, not to succeed, or at least from my part to just feel like there should be, there definitely is more to it. But Mm. now I know that it started with me, Mm. my own, whatever, I was bringing into the part to the party in terms of my own uh, baggage, my own unresolved traumas, my own, yeah, just all of that. So now I know that what it takes to make a relationship uh, to succeed and to thrive is that you have to be bring your whole self. Mm-hmm. You have to be committed to your own development. You have to create a safe space for the other to bring their whole self to be. Um, who they are, but also commit to a journey of growing together and 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 helping each other to grow but uh, yeah, so um marriage for me today means something completely different than it did when I was twenty four years old okay, so the other question that I saw was um did your children or how did your children help you through that period? I don't know when you were getting divorced and then that and how did your mom help you as kids through that period? My mom didn't. No, <laughs> to me. Oh. <laughs> um, how Divorce did, is your thing, <laughs> How did you help us go through this, and how did I actually we don't help think you? that I, I in, when I every time I look back on that period, I do think that I, I actually did not do a great job. Firstly, because I don't. I disagree. Okay, so you tell me about your experience. So if I if I were to do something similar today. Um, I think I would talk to you more. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I, because my my divorce, firstly, it was not as a result of, I suppose, the things that people would expect. Like there was, it uh, no cheatations, no um, <laughs> abuse, no, you know, kind of like it's just something of slowly growing apart because exactly of what I said that we just forgot to take care of this thing that was so precious. We just forgot to, um, yeah, we just forgot to prioritize it and to grow together. And so it wasn't like there was a big crisis and then now we needed to. So the story was harder to articulate to people, but most of all to kids to my children in terms of saying this is the reason but I just knew that I uh, I needed to do this it became clearer with um, five years of uh, therapy I became clearer to myself what I was missing mm-hmm. and uh, or what my contribution to it was and what I would do differently If I, in fact in the beginning I just did not want to get married at all again because uh, to me it just felt like I didn't. I didn't understand how you could make it work. Along, I mean, I was in that relationship for twenty years, and uh, it was sad when it ended because um, twenty years with somebody, yeah, and um, a, deep, a friendship, if nothing at all. But um, sorry. <laughs> so I'm so okay. um, I would I would communicate. I would I would show you my feelings because. I think one of the criticisms that I've heard you and your sister say is that you never saw me cry. Yeah. But what I I committed to was to be strong for you guys because it's hard. It's, Ooh, oh my God. <laughs> it's like uh, it's um, kind of like the rug has been taken out, uh, uh, pulled from under your feet, and you kind of get. Um, I mean, I could see how hard this was for you to. It really was, uh, you were shattered by it. So yeah. I wasn't going to make it worse by crying in front of, me, of you. I, I, and of course, emotions don't come easy to me. I mean, I, I always say, 
<laughs> well, I cry enough for everyone in the family, yeah. so it's fine. They don't come easy for me. Uh, and uh, I've, I just learned as a child to just bury my emotions. I don't, only now am I, you know, becoming very friendly towards my, I welcome them, I feel my feelings, but it's not something I grew up with. So that, uh, coupled with the fact that I was intent on protecting you guys, I don't know from what, means that I didn't um, share with you some of my vulnerabilities. Also, I don't know how much you share with the children because um, also the kids um, our children. have our children. They have, they have to continue to love these adults. They, it's not the pet. The parents are not, are not divorcing the kids. They are divorcing each other. So yeah, yeah. There's I mean, so much you can say. For my feedback, if that's the question, I would say you did a really great job. I do think, obviously, we've spoken about it that just in general, over my entire life, not really seeing you be very vulnerable sometimes made my over vulnerability feel like a weakness. But I feel like you guys, I'm, you told me before, I think, Vincent and stuff. So I do think that you communicated as much as you could with me. I also was in boarding school. But I think one of the things that I always communicate wherever I go, is how amicable it seemed. I mean, there were moments where it was a bit tough in the beginning when we moved out as in terms of like speaking to each other nice or like happily. But wherever I go, I feel like I would I would take you guys for like a one of those public speaking motivational things on how to do co-parenting or how to make it as amicable as possible because we didn't see the... That's I think it was also why it was a shock. I didn't see it coming, but we also didn't see any real you know, beef or anything like that afterwards. It was as, I think you guys try to make it as easy as possible and you both like, you're commending your maturity because I've been, you know, I've been in relationships maybe where there's a child and sometimes it's been a bit difficult between parents and I've always wanted to emulate what I saw if I ever dated someone with a child or ever had one, God forbid, uh, but if I ever had one that it would be as amicable as, you know, the way you, Reedy, Khalil and Brian have made it. So that for me, I think trumps everything else in terms of like, oh, you could have cried more. You could have spoken more. I think we're both more. very nice people. <laughs> you are very nice people. <laughs> so sometimes you are very nice people. Nice people may, don't necessarily have to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But how was it behind the scenes? Was co-parenting actually difficult and you just no, made it work? Not or? at all. Not at all, actually. I think because we've got similar values in terms of family and family first. Mm-hmm. Co-parenting was not hard at all. So it's very important who you have a baby with. (laughs) Exactly. Much more important than who you get married to. Mm. Who you have a baby because the bond lasts for the rest of your life. So you have to be particularly uh, careful about about that. Um, But uh, do you have advice for other moms? Because they're asking, you know, some people have asked, does your mom have (laughs) pearls of wisdom on co-parenting and how to make it as amicable or as beautiful as can be, given how difficult it is already. I think most people try to fight, continue fighting the battles that they were fighting mm-hmm. through the kids, and I think it's unfair. So for me, I understood that this is very hard on my kids. So the last thing I want is to make it worse yeah. by temper tantrums and and all sorts of uh, performances and and whatever. So I made it. I made a commitment that I will make it as easy as possible mm. for the kids. So there was a lot of you swallow your pride. You there's you can't have egos here. Yeah. You do what's best for the child. Even I mean, yeah, that's all. Just prioritize the child's happiness. Already they are dealing with a lot. Mm. Dealing with a divorce is hard. And trying to navigate these two parents and their new lives. So the last thing they need is to be made what what do you call when like collateral damage? Col- yeah, collateral yeah, damage or something like that. But also to be used to fight to to settle scores. So for me, I knew that I would make it very easy for you guys. Whatever it takes, even yeah. if even if I have to close the door and scream, uh, if I have to do <laughs> something. But if it's what I needed to do for your guys happiness and I'll do it and fortunately um, my ex-husband also had the same attitude he made it easy there was um, shout out dad (laughs) he made it easy and then our new partners also just uh, amazing people who just understood 
that's um, the assignment. The assignment. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the other question was also how did we help you? Personally, I don't know how I did. I think I actually made it more difficult. But no, also, no, no. I will tell you how you made it. Is I, I actually think maybe it's it's a testament to the fact that you did a, a great job in raising you guys. There really was no, you know, re, the, I mean, the rebellion I did. No, some kids go through a thing where they are angry with their parents and there's a lot of shouting and there's a lot of uh, conflict. That, in fact, I actually think you both did the exact opposite of that. I kind of felt like you were trying so hard to make it easy. You know, yeah. uh, even with meeting new partners, you would try your best. <laughs> some of it, some of it didn't work. <laughs> but, but not because of you guys. You, you really, for me, I think you were trying so hard to just be easy, you know? Yeah. yeah so I, I think that's, that's what happened. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, no, what I was going to say is because what I remember is being difficult actually to be honest I mean most of the time I was at Sinan's so I couldn't really have the space to like while out like that but I mean soon after that I think I started piercing my tongue and then I think I started going out and I mean not as much as I could because again I was at boarding school but that's when I started not experimenting more than with most kids. oh okay no, wow that's except for the surprise. except for the hickey <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, yeah, actually, I mean, oh I've seen God. parents who struggled with their teenage kids. I, um, not oh, me. Well, hickeys also, by the way, were not wild. I wasn't being wild. Some of my friends were like, and I'm not calling out, I mean, not my current friends, but were sexually active in high school. So a hickey is still, okay, please. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just felt like I was very difficult at that time. So I'm glad to. Yeah, no, no, I'm not really more glad than. Yeah, that I'm, I wasn't really. Not really, no. That's actually a surprise. Okay, so how did our relationship evolve over the years, you know, in terms of how close we are now? Were we always close? I mean, obviously, I know the answer. Well, actually, we have we have two different perspectives. But how did, how do you think our relationship has evolved, uh, evolved since I was young to now? <laughs> I, would, uh, I suppose I would love to hear your perspective on it. For me, I, I, I've always said this to my friends. I actually think I do better with adult kids than I did with younger kids and maybe that's a reflection of my state of mind and state of being when you were younger I just felt overwhelmed and stressed and just not fully present for the for the experience I was yeah so as um as I did the work on myself and I think I, I was presenting myself differently I was showing up differently for myself as and as well as for you guys I mean, I know I'm controlling, but I do want to know which mom is not. <laughs> Whoa. You know, uh, I suppose. That's a word. <laughs> uh, exactly. I, 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 I know everything there is to know. So, <laughs> And that's so, something you've also given to us. So I feel like that must be difficult to like, because I've seen it now. I've seen it in Fence. I've seen it in myself. Um, I remember the one time I had an, an ex-partner come with us to, I think it was your wedding or Christmas or something. And I don't know if my grandmother was saying something to my grandfather in that sort of <laughs> controlling-ish way. And then I think at some point, maybe it had been with you and me or, but he just turned and he was like, oh, is this like forever? I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like it's from your grandmother and your mom and you. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. This thing that I've struggled the most with, I'm becoming. No, but I, I suppose the control is a... Is a, an, a I think it's an anxiety it's thing. A, yeah, I was going to say, it's it's just a manifestation of anxiety and mm. fear. And so um, you think you can uh, protect your children from even the consequences of their own decisions and their own choices. Yeah. And once I learned that, actually, I, I needed to relax. Firstly, because looking at my own life, it's not like I was always conscious about the choices I was making. But I think it has turned out relatively well. So I had to trust that your own journeys will take you to where you need to go. Mm -hmm. You know, so you will learn the lessons that you need to learn. You will make the mistakes and you won't die. You will survive them. You will then learn from them so I've decided yeah at some point I decided actually I must not try to control things I can't control and in fact um, I must allow you guys to make your own mistakes I must not try to rescue too soon and to have a view about you know about a lot of things and I think that also came with you being so assertive about your own career and what you wanted to do I mean um, 
in my mind, it was unclear how you were going to make money and how you were going to, you know, make a career out of this. Mm. But at some point, I had to just say, you know what? Let me support this. Let me see. Yeah. And of course, uh, you figured out a way to make it work. So I've learned a lot, even through being a mother to you guys, to just learn to say, they're going to do trust. it anyway. <laughs> yeah, trust God, trust the universe. They will learn the lessons they need to learn. Some of it will, will be hard, mm-hmm. but you won't die. In fact, I've also had to learn some very hard lessons of my own and, um, they were good for me in the end because I, I emerged a much better person, a much wiser person, much more uh, caring and generous and compassionate person because of all my life experiences. So it's to just, um, I think how our relationship has evolved is that I'm, I've, I've actually decided to step out of the way and to just... Well, I wouldn't say... Not completely yielded. But on the whole, I've um, one of my friends would say, "You sit on your hands." So yeah. I've learned to just sit on my hands sometimes and just observe. And uh, even though my whole body is screaming no, <laughs> um, it's just trust the process, trust the journey. I don't even know. Actually, that's the other thing. My husband has helped me to realize that he would always so how do you know that it's not it's wrong you know I can only thanks know, Khalil yeah I can only know from my experiences and my experiences are very limited girl from Umlazi you know can you imagine how limited my own experience life experiences are and to use that to make a judgment call about your life mm. you know so it has made me realize that there's much more that I don't know than what I know even what is relevant what was relevant in the past I mean uh, may not necessarily be the careers of tomorrow so how yeah. do I know yeah I think for me what has evolved in our relationship has been how close we are mm. I mean also I don't know how close a child can really be to a m- adult mother I mean you can be like yay cute love her but I feel like where I was a teenager and things like that like I was much you knew nothing about my life let me just say that <laughs> like well, you knew nothing and I feel like as I've gotten older you are the first person I tell a lot of things to, even the things that I feel like you might not agree with, um, you might not, you know, support necessarily. You are the first person that I tell. You do. Did you tell your friends that you, um, you did tell me before you lost your virginity? That <laughs> you had decided what? to do that. Yes, you did. I understand, but why would you bring? I'm just why saying. would you say that? Why would you say that? Because it? I was shocked. I, I okay, just, obviously, I didn't make it like a conscious decision. But I, I'm, I'm just saying the reason why I'm <laughs> saying it is I couldn't have imagined myself saying that to my mom. So first and foremost, it yes. was very. I was happy about it. That I told you. That's, I was going yeah, that to do you it. did, yeah. <laughs> that's, and that you had thought about it, that it was not, because most girls are coerced into it. Mm-hmm. It is, it's not your plan. <laughs> it oh is God. not in your own timing. It's just all of it just happens. Okay, so I came to you and I said, what? You called me because you were at UCT or something like no, that. No, I was definitely at Vets. At Vets, yeah. You, but you called. Yeah. And you said, this is what I've decided to do because I'm, <laughs> The, I'm the last one of all my friends <laughs> and uh, this whole thing about this virginity thing it's that it, making it so big so I just think I will do it with a friend you said that and uh, there will be no <laughs> expectation you just you had thought it through and you were telling me I was just listening Aww, you know and old, this was so exactly smart. and then I, I just I remember th- just thinking oh wow um, I'm so proud of uh, I mean, after I'd gotten over my shock that you <laughs> tell me that, I just thought, um, I, w- I was so proud just how thoughtful you were about about it, that you were doing it in your own timing and it was your choice and, yeah, that you had thought about it and everything from HIV to pregnancy, you know, you just felt like you were... You knew what you were doing. Can I tell you why also it's been so easy to tell you stuff that mm. like maybe other people wouldn't tell their moms? Is because, so just for context, there was an incident when I was in grade, I was in grade 10, but it was just before school started. Um, my friend had a farewell party at his house and I was going to St. Anne's, which was a different school um, from Red Hill, which is where I was at. And then I was introduced to tequila. I didn't know it was something that you take as like a shot once every like 10 drinks. 
I was drinking it as if it was the main drink and being in grade 10 and not having had alcohol really before it was obviously anyway fast forward it was a disaster my mom was called to the house I was like passed out in the shower she took me home I think I threw up in the bed like two or three times she had to change like it was just it was a big big deal and it was a big mess Fast forward to my mom trying to call Tara. I did not try to call. I called Tara and I told her <laughs> that the my rehab, daughter is alcoholic. Um, on the first time being drunk. And they were also like, ma'am, it's the first time. So it's not a thing yet. But if she does it again, bring her for like weekends and then we'll have to inform the school that, you know, every few weekends she has to come. And so it was, it was, it was a really big thing. I'm laughing now because we're over this hump, but it was terrible and it was just very bad and my parents both were like not speaking to me and things like that but then on the way to St. Anne's which was like two or three days after that incident my mom started because we drove with another mom and her daughter who's also going for the first time and she was like kind of making jokes about it my mom's thing is like too soon I always say that to so I'm like mama too soon so she was already making jokes about it and kind of like I mean I was still punished the next holiday I wasn't allowed to go out um, when I got back to Joburg but the way she treated it was like not as I was a criminal I mean <laughs> other than the rehab call but after that she was very understanding and I feel like my perspective then was like I can make mistakes and I will be in trouble and I will be punished accordingly but at the same time she'll understand and she'll forgive and who else but because also I was really pissed off at my friends for calling you to be honest because that wasn't supposed to happen but it was also like then you took me home and I was safe so also if you're in a bind whether or not you think you're going to get in trouble I need to call you um, so that's why I started being open with you because I was like if anything happens trouble wise yes you'll shout at me but you will also be the one who will make things better quicker than any 16 year olds will be able to do <laughs> so good yeah <laughs> what was that experience like for you horrible because I actually don't think we've no I mean about it was it. terrifying because um, I mean you know me oh, so and my relationship hell, guys. with alcohol I'm, I'm quite judgmental mm. Mainly because um, I grew up with a sibling who had uh, problems with alcohol. So um, for me, yeah, I'm triggered by alcohol. I'm triggered by drunkenness. I'm, yeah. yeah. So I, I know that I did. Um, I had to, to actually sit down and, and, and coach myself out of overreacting because I really was going there. I was really triggered. So I do know that even now you always tell me, mom, don't. I mean, I suppose I'm always trying to tell you, don't drink, don't take shots, don't do this. <laughs> uh, I still, my relationship with alcohol is still not uh, <laughs> as comfortable as comfortable as yeah. But um, also, uh, the the boy's mum in whose house we were at, just you know, allayed my fears. You know, um, says, oh, we all did this, Penny. Just. You know why people they drink at fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> she just, you know. So by the time I left the house, I was much calmer. She just said, "Just make sure she doesn't uh, choke on her vomit, and just Jeez. let her sleep it off. She'll be fine." You know. So it was, yeah. I think um, I had to um, grow up, and of course, I was helped by other people around me. Caucasians. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, okay. In terms of like um, the stuff that we, because we haven't spoken about fights now, a lot of questions have also been like, do you guys fight? Yes, we do. <laughs> Can I finish my question? Uh, um, and what do you, how do you fix when you have a fight? Oh, it's um, always me going to her room and saying, I'm sorry, Sikho. The, lie, the, the lies, the lies, the lies, the lies. Mom? No ways. So first of all, my mom has this thing that she thinks is a running joke where she'll come in after a fight and say, even if she was wrong, and say, I forgive you. <laughs> so, so annoying. It is so annoying. But it does break the ice because I can, I can be quite intense. <laughs> I can hold on to stuff for a mm -hmm. while. Um, and so it does. My mom is, I think you'd be more than apologizing. You just become funny. Mm. I don't know if you like we do. No, also I do. We do. When, I it's, do when it's genuinely yeah. wrong or like when things are genuinely mm. happening, we definitely do apologize. But I'm saying, yeah, I think we've gotten better. I know we've gotten better because I would say, firstly, I would um, 
understand when I was triggered and yeah. maybe reacted from a place of being triggered rather than on what. In fact, me and you always talk about the fact that when the response or the reaction to something is it's much really more big. intense yeah. than the what's going on, there's always something behind mm-hmm. it other than what's on the surface. So I always take my time. And in fact, it's what something I've learned from my husband. He's, Your husband. Your oh, husband. This is husband. He's amazing. Every day, my he's husband. Amazing. <laughs> God, but just one of the things he's, he's been quite, uh, he's deliberate about is reflecting mm. and uh, taking responsibility for his actions. So he's taught me that to, to just go back and say, so what was I thinking? Why did I react like that? Mm. What triggered me? Instead of saying, Siho did this to me, it's just go inward and say so what was going on for me what, what was that I remind thinking? you of what is yeah, that, yeah what triggered me in that why did i act that way and so i always do that and some and i always find the answer and then i'll come to you and say actually the reason why i reacted the way i did is because of this 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 what you did maybe triggered something so mm. it's just owning my stuff yeah. and then apologizing for Overreacting. I think also something that you always say to me specifically because I think I struggle with it is no, I know I struggle with it is um, taking the benefit of the doubt. So mm. you always say, in this house and in this family, people love each other. We mm. love each other. So our first thing when you think someone has done something to hurt, to hurt you is could it possibly be that I am not giving them the benefit of the doubt yeah. and that I'm misreading a situation from my place of trauma yeah. rather than understanding that it's a misunderstanding. Yeah, because the um, first assumption should be to, to, I suppose, assume the best possible yeah. reason. You know, rather than going to the worst, because yeah. that's what you do. It's like <laughs> you think you, you take the worst possible interpretation and yeah. that I takes do. you down a, a rabbit hole and you can't, we can't get you out of it. So if, and that's why I always say sometimes if you don't understand, rather ask. ask. Yeah. Let's say this is what I think you were saying. Is that right? Because I usually, mean, we definitely have the tools. Sometimes yeah. we're not able to um, apply but we always them as come quickly. Back. Yeah, we always come back uh, quite quickly. Mm. But I'm just saying, it's we do fight. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, and then we argue. We and then you debate, go to your room and you don't disagree. talk to me. And then I come. Aye, and, say, and then you also do the same, girl. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> what we're not going to <laughs> it's fight on radio. <laughs> um, so, how do you manage uncomfortable conversations with each other? I think the the two of us our make our um, oh sorry can I just ask this um it's because the question is leading onto another so someone said if you were ever pregnant would you tell your mom why don't you tell the story because of course you of have of course yes I have I was not even girl why are you outing me like I was not going to speak about it the reason why I asked this question is because I was willing to talk about it I would never ask something I'm not willing to but when I did fall pregnant I think it was like seven years ago now maybe or six. My mom was the first person I told. More so because she was there when I found out and I couldn't really hide my reaction. But also because at some point I would have told her. Um, because I know, A, again, as much as it would have been a conversation that might have not have been that great in the beginning, she was the only one who was going to really be able to help me solve the issue. <laughs> Which for me was an issue. You know, some people it's a blessing and I get it and yay. Um, but for me, I didn't want to continue with the pregnancy. So I did tell my mom and it was very... I think there was like five seconds of like slight disappointment in your eyes, I think. But really, you had a great reaction. And it was more about like, okay, and what do you want to do? And I was like, the soaps. And I think at some point you even tried to convince me to not do it. And I was like, no, no. I didn't. I just said, just think about it. You don't have to make the decision now. Yeah, but but whatever you I decide, uh, we'll support you. Uh, so we slept on it a little yeah. bit and then you still said this is what you wanted to do. No, I was very sure about that. I mean, I can't even imagine having a six-year-old now. Like, what would I even, where would I even be able to go? Like, the the things that I want to do next year, I just feel like it would be super impossible. So it was a difficult time and it was a difficult decision, but it was the very much right decision. Um, but, but have we answered the question? Yes, no, answer? we haven't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to go back into it. This lady, controlling. Um, how do you manage awkward and uncomfortable conversations with each other? I think both you and I use uh, humor to (laughs) divert or what? Deflect. Deflect. Uh, But we always come back. So in the beginning, we'll we'll laugh it off and try and make a joke of it. But uh, in the end, we do. Um, Sometimes the first time around, there will be a lot of screaming and not listening and not... um, But then uh, sleep on it. And in the morning, we, we always find each other. 
we really always find each other. Yeah, I think for me, um, I do see the like less judgmental. Like I don't, I feel like there's a lot of things like you might be controlling sometimes and some decisions, but I really do feel like with with a lot of things, you are super unjudgmental. Even if you're screaming inside your head, you don't really let it be known. So I think the uncomfortable, awkward conversations are easy because I feel like the yeah, even if it's not maybe listening right now because there might be pushback or a bit of defensiveness from both sides, it's like I know I know you go and meditate on it or like Khalil I speak to Khalil <laughs> <comes here. laughs> and he like solves for X. But yeah, so one of the other questions I wanted to get into, somebody asked, and I felt like it was important because I did touch on it in my episode with Wendy. But it was, did your mom ever apologize Yo. for? <laughs> no, it's not that deep. I don't think, but for how she dealt with. The diet culture or the like you being an overweight child um so when what's you were there younger. to apologize for well first of all i don't feel like you i'm owed an apology mm-hmm. although you have actually to be honest um but i don't know if it was for pushing children like a child into like a diet or like a lot weight loss thing or making that like i don't know highlighting it but um personally so to answer the question first before you do i don't feel like if you have started understanding where somebody's coming from, that you necessarily owe them an apology or that you're owed an apology. So at first it was very jarring just because for me, I thought I associated it with her not liking how I looked. And as I grew up and realized that like, well, also because I think you communicated it, my mom's a doctor, as she said before. So for her, it was very much just a thing of having seen patients, young patients in their like early 20s, even dealing with diabetes and hypertension and, you know, just those kind of things and going like if you don't nip something in the bud, it can go out of control type of thing. So I think finally understanding where you were coming from. And also sometimes people operate from their own insecurities or sure. their own fears sure. um, and then kind of project that onto onto their children. But just the main thing for me, understanding you as a healthcare worker and how obsessed you were with with that and vitality and having a long, healthy life and not seeing your children suffer or die early or things like that. Because I, I, even with, I mean, she's as intense with smoking, um, but for some reason it was only really felt personal and hurtful when it came to weight because that was something that I couldn't personally sure. change in a hurry sure. but, but also with drinking, it, it, with smoking, it was with touching something internal to you yeah so which I'm, also came from other people yes from so, external yeah. yeah so for me um but I don't feel like I'm if, that, even today I do have people who have kids who struggle with weight asking me Maybe because I'm a doctor, but maybe because they think I have some experience. First and foremost, I don't know if there's uh, one right way of responding. I don't know. I think as parents, like you are saying, sometimes we project Mm -hmm. our own insecurities. Sometimes we let our ego get in the way because, of course, there is something about, oh, what kind of a mother is she if she lets her kids um, be either too thin or or big or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there is an ego thing there. Um, That's the first confession to make. Uh, but the second thing is, I could see how you were struggling with it mm. in terms of the bullying, in terms, even when we'd go shopping, you'd suddenly don't want to buy clothes because everything you try, you'd, you wouldn't find your size and you, you know, so as a mom, as they say, as a mom, having children, it's like your nerves are exposed and they're raw. It's like your heart has been taken out of you. and it, So every pain your child feels, is like a hundred times more on you. So I would f- see that. And in fact, at some point you really loved to dance and, you know, I could see the bullying. And the, so I just wanted to take that away from you. So that was the main, main uh, inspiration. It's just, if I can just take it away from her and, and yeah. just <clears throat> not have her have to go through that. So that was the main, main consideration. And then secondary to that is the fact that, Ooh. of course, I was, I'm a doctor. I understand, uh, insulin resistance. I understand pre-diabetes. I understand all those things. So, um, as you can see, I'm committed to my own well being and vitality, I exercise, I try to eat right, and so on and so on. So, it's something I would have wanted to teach. So, maybe going trying to go back and thinking about how would I deal with it today. I still don't know whether I would do it differently. I still don't have the what do you call it, the magic wand. I don't know. I don't know if I would do it differently. But, um, we've spoken about this, and I've said sorry if that made you feel <clears throat> diminished. 
or insecure and reduced your self-esteem and your self-confidence. You want to know that at, when your child walks in, they know that your eyes light up because you really, really love your child. You do anything to protect them. So if anything you do makes them feel anything other than that, of course, it's, I would want to you to know that. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Thanks. Hold on. <clears throat> okay. Next question. Um, let's go to positive now. I can't do this anymore. Um, what are the top three things she set out for herself as a parent that she feels she got right? Top three things that I set out. For I mean, it doesn't have to be three, but like any things that you set out for yourself. No, the that first you felt like is, you got right. The first is uh, giving birth to amazing girls, daughters who are. Just uh, on, I mean, I know that they are on their way to being very successful and whatever their definition of success is, uh, just, I just, I see it, I feel it, I know it because I talk to you guys, I know how, how well screwed on your heads are. I know that you've got dreams for yourselves. They are big, they are bold, they are audacious, but you also have the courage to at least try so that, to me, I would say is the one thing I'm so happy I got right. And are they, oh no, I don't even want to go into the wrongs. But anyway, um, yeah. So do you have any tips for mothers on how to get... I don't know why they'd ask this, but confident, especially black children, black girl children in this country or in this world, um, on how to raise that type of... I mean, the first is, is of, of, of course, like I said, uh, when I was much young, I was not even mindful of the things I was thinking about myself, of the things I was saying. So first is to be just mindful of what you are thinking about yourself and what you are communicating about yourself. So it's um, words are powerful. Thoughts are powerful. So just be mindful of what you say and what you what you collude with, because of course the world is telling you you are less than yeah. you. It tries to diminish you. Don't collude with the world. Don't just understand that you are. You have value. You have a purpose. Actually, also our value is not linked to how productive we are. Mm. It, our value is just because we are. You know. We, we are human beings, so we have innate value, inherent value. It's not linked to our productivity or our success or whatever. So it's to first understand that and to to just catch the thoughts that are contrary to that. Yeah. And then the second one is to just allow people to make mistakes. Firstly, as a mom, be make mistakes, try new things, fail. Try again, you know, just model the behavior you want your children to to um to to learn mm. you know if you are a perfectionist, then you only do things just because you're good at them. You are telling the kids that uh, mistakes are not allowed that only perfectionism is allowed in this house, so you have to try, you have to do things, you have to fail, and you have to be vulnerable and sh and try again until you succeed. So for me, it's just, it's less what you say and more how you model the behavior that you want your kids to emulate and learn. Okay, so now we're getting to the final bits, but before the last question, what is something that you had to accept about each other that you struggled with at first? Should I, yeah, do you want to go first or should I go first? You go first. Um, I, I think <laughs> I think I would say the control thing, just because I had to... I mean, I've had to accept it. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's it's changing, but it's not going. And I think I also, because I know that my own anxieties show up sometimes and make me want to hold on tightly to planning or organizing. Um, it, you know, planning and organizing, it does have a dark side, I agree. But also it's got a side that has that works for us. So. For sure. But I'm saying if you, if now it's controlling means I feel like sometimes with other people okay. rather than yourself okay. so that for me is what I've had to accept but I've I'm trying mm. <laughs> it's a daily it's a daily task but I'm trying and also trying to be empathetic as to the reasons why yeah what's your um, answer what have you struggled to accept that, that you, you have not accepted that some of the decisions and choices you will make are not uh, what I would mm. it's, I've had to accept that and uh, just trust that your path and your journey is unique, is as unique as you are, 
and that all things will work out in the end. I mean, they are, for instance, you've got tattoos all over. <laughs> it's not something I understand. Okay. I, I just, I, I don't get that, but I also have to Well, good on you because you've never made me feel that way. You are unique. <laughs> you, you've got your own life to lead, leave and you've got your own lessons to learn. I lucky thought you liked them. And number okay. two, you smoke. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> so I'm talking about the choices. Girl. <laughs> so I think what I've had to learn is that your wow. path is your path. And you will learn the lessons that you need to learn, that you will figure it out. I actually do trust that you will figure it out because you, you are very wise. <laughs> you are very thoughtful. You are very, um, yeah, considerate. You are, you, you are much as... People would think that you are you are actually quite organized, you are thoughtful, you are considerate, you are wise. So Thanks, I've had to to just take a step back and trust that you will figure it out. Okay, so now, um, actually this is the second last question, but how do you balance being my friend and my mom? Like, I'm not for instance, your friend. I- <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure. No, I agree. I agree. I also feel like people want everybody to be everything. Mm. I think you're definitely my mom mm-hmm. because, for instance, we do have a glass of wine or something together. But when I have a Jägerbaum, it's not mm. taken very nicely. Um, you know, some of the decisions I make, like I said, you know, she's not that happy. So we're not like ride or die buddies until when I have friends and she has friends. But we are, we have a great mother and daughter relationship. And I yes. don't think you have to bring friendship into... It's a great into, mother and daughter relationship. But it's definitely mother and daughter, mm. for sure. But what do you think of my Instagram stories and like the sex stuff? Is that ever like... I mean, in the <sighs> beginning, it was like, ooh. But I've had to accept, not just accept, celebrate that you are... You, you've always been quite vocal. You are, even before Instagram, you had views about, because you read a lot and you think about things a lot. You've got views sometimes, some of you view. You've educated me a lot as well about whether it's my homophobia, it's my, uh, even patriarchy and, uh, you know, all those sexism, because I mean, there's a lot of things we internalize, um, even racism that we've internalized. I've learned a lot from you, from uh, just how you view things and how you have strong views about, about things. So, um, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> On my Instagram, well, so, so the sex even, stuff, like, even just talking about sex, why is it? I mean, in the beginning, it was a little bit um, uncomfortable, but I also had to ask myself, why am I finding it so uncomfortable? It's such a natural thing that everybody does. And why why is it uncomfortable to talk about it? So I don't Especially find- because you did take me to a sex shop. So if I can take me to a sex shop, I can talk about it, surely. Yes, did I take you to a sex yes, shop? Yes, you did, sweetie. Oh, um, <laughs> the first time I don't know, but like we also went to, in Cape Town like last year. Yes, you were 30. Yeah, Come but on. I think the first time I was not 30. It was like, okay. it was, I had a long distance boyfriend and you were like, we got to get stuff to make, to make us trip here with <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> you did. I, 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 the first time I went was with you and it was actually listen, great because it was I like demystifying this thing. I Catholic girl, <laughs> so I do know that I had some not so... Um, enlightened ideas around sex. Yeah. So I do think that it's something that I had to learn along the way. Um, so I, I have no issue. I, I don't have, an, I mean, I wouldn't share some of the things you share about <laughs> on, on Instagram. It's, that's not my portion, but it is yours and you're doing yeah. a good job. Thanks, babes. Um, okay. The last question is, what is your favorite thing about me and your, and our relationship? And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Or like, what is my favorite thing about you and our relationship? Would you like me to start? Yep. Okay, well, I, mean, I think we've covered it in this episode. But my favorite thing about um, our relationship is how much we laugh. Mm-hmm. I think you are, if anyone, I wish I could put a mic in our house sometimes. Because I think you are the funniest person in the family, maybe in the country, and potentially top 10 in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, you are funny as hell. So I would, I, I think the best thing is how much we laugh together and how much fun we have. Like when we travel, well, we, I mean, I have fun with my friends as well, but you're one of my favorite travel buddies. We have so much in common. We love jazz. We love salsa. We love um, the finer things in life. We love restaurants with a view. We love tall dark <laughs> men. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my gosh. So we just have a lot in common and I think we have a lot of fun together. And my favorite thing about you is just how open you are. Um, but also you're such a safe space. You're very spiritual, but you're just very... 
a safe, safe space. And you're always like, I, I always know you're praying for us more than you're praying for yourself. I know that you, we, we are the living embodiment, like I said before, of your, of your prayers. And you make us feel loved every day. You're not the most physically affectionate person in the world, but you definitely make up for it with how, with your words, with your kindness, with your presence. Um, and you are there for everything. Like you said, some things are uncomfortable, but you'll share and support and make the aunties watch. And uh, I just can go on and on about you. I think everything is my favorite thing. I love you so much. It's crazy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> think about it. All right. I love you too. But my favorite thing about you is just how bold you are. I mean, to put yourself out there every day for the whole world to, I, I could never do it. I know for sure I could never do it. And of course, sometimes the comments and the nastiness gets to you, but the following day you're back at it and you are, you've got such a sunny disposition. You are optimistic, hopeful. You are out there creating something, going into uncharted territory and just figuring it out. So I think you make fence in us and my, and me braver. Fence always says that. We get to do things we wouldn't do uh, because, I mean, as you look at us, we are quite corporate. We are quite, you know, so you make us... The twins. <laughs> yeah, you, you challenge us to do things that we wouldn't do. Um, you are bold. You, are, you live your life loud. You love loud. So, yeah, that's what I love about you. Thanks, Mommy. Mm. Well, we've had a very amazing episode today. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, fuck. Okay. <clears throat> Get professional. All right. You thank have you. to put that person. <laughs> yeah, I will. I don't. I don't like to edit anymore because I think it takes out the organicness of the of the episode. But anyway, thank you so much for making time. I know this was quite nerve wracking for you because again, you don't really like to put yourself out there, and <laughs> I kind of dragged you here. But um, I love you. Thank you for always supporting me. Yeah, I'm gonna stop there because I can't. Anyway, and I'm so proud of you and your podcast. I know that it's breaking some records. It's another thing (laughs) that you're doing, and everything you do seems to turn into gold. So I have every expectation that you'll do amazing things. Okay, (laughs) and with that, thank you for joining this episode. Oh my god, thank you for joining this episode. Good night. (laughs) Cheers. Convos and Cocktails, produced in partnership with Nasukha Tabi and WMG Rep. Drinks never end at the bar. So join me over at the socials with your cocktail, where we get to continue the conversations. Simply follow me at Nasukha Tabi. See you there. Recorded at Solid Gold Podcasts. Solid Gold, to be understood, you must first be heard. I look forward to our next Convos and Cocktails, and don't forget, mo money, mo hito, or whatever Biggie said.